You guys want to hear like a scary story? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, this is like genuinely some like horror movie shit. Okay. Uh, of I, the natural kind. You'd better you if you're gonna start like that. You best be delivering, right? You'd best be planning on delivering. I think I'm delivering. <laughs> okay. All right. I think I'm delivering. This is <laughs> nature and real life being far scarier than anything I've seen on the screen. Mm. So, it's August fifteenth, nineteen eighty four. Uh, Abdo Nunk, sorry, Abdo Nkanjuoni okay. was biking northward towards the village of Jindun near Lake Monoon in Cameroon. That was a lot of oons. No, it was. Uh, <laughs> when he descended into a dip in the road, he saw parked next to the road a pickup truck he knew to belong to a local priest, small town. Mm. Uh, but upon inspection, he found the priest's dead body on the ground next to the truck. Ooh. As he continued his journey, he came across yet another corpse, a man's body still astride a stalled motorcycle. And in his own words, he knew something terrible has happened. So he's found a priest on the ground and another guy dead just standing up on his motorcycle. Mm -hmm. right? The bike is still idling. Yeah, the bike, bike is still, still yep, idling. Guy's there, but he's dead. I'm in. So he continues on in a trance-like state and soon he becomes too weak to bike, so he continues on on foot. He passes a herd of dead sheep. He passes stalled vehicles with the occupants all dead. Ascending further up the hill, he runs into his friend Adamu, who's walking towards him. And he said he wanted to warn Adamu of the danger and tell him, like, turn the fuck back. Don't, yeah. whatever is that way is bad news mm -hmm. bears. But he'd lost the ability to speak. So he said, uh, as though in a dream, he shook Adamu's hand silently, and the two continued in opposite directions. Nkanjuani managed to make it to his destination alive, but Adamu and 36 others traveling that low stretch of the road at the time weren't so lucky. Wow. People didn't know what to make of the mysterious deaths with no obvious cause. Was it a chemical attack? Was it some sort of government conspiracy? Naturally, uh, it was causing a bit of a panic amongst the people there, uh, and it wouldn't be the last time that would happen. In fact, a similar event would occur just two years later on an even more massive scale about 60 miles north of Monoon by the shores of Lake Neos. A man named Ephraim Che lived in a mud brick house on a cliff above Neos. So this place, Neos, is sort of separated into villages called Upper Neos and Lower Neos. He lives in Upper Neos. And both, um, uh, like Lake Monoon, Lake Neos is a crater lake in Cameroon, and it's located on the Cameroon Volcanic Line, mm. which is a 950-mile-long chain of volcanoes and volcanic crater lakes extending from the Gulf of Guinea into Cameroon and Nigeria. And by the way, no one is like sure why there are volcanoes there like from a geological perspective normally we know like how a volcano formed and they're like <laughs> they shouldn't be there but they are okay so, the mystery so volcanoes of cameroon wow mystery volcanoes of cameroon there are some theories about it but it's super weird to have volcanoes there so anyway it's about 9 p.m on august 21st 1986 when shay heard a rumbling sound that sounded like a rock slide he then saw a strange white mist rising up from Lake Neos. Feeling a little sick, he told his four ch children that it looked like rain, and then he went to bed. Meanwhile, Halima Suli, a cowherd, and her four children had retired for the night at their home down by the actual lakeshore, so that's Lower Neos. 
She heard the rumbling and said it sounded like the shouting of many voices. And then following that rumble, quote, a great wind roared through her extended family's small compound of thatched huts, and she promptly passed out like a dead person, she says. In the morning, when Che awoke, he headed downhill, and he noticed that Lake Neos, which was usually crystal blue, was now a dull red. Wow. He noticed that a waterfall he would normally pass was dry. And then as he noticed that, he began to notice the eerie silence around him. No birds, no insects, no people, just silence. And as you can imagine, this freaked him the fucked out, fuck out. And yeah. he was reportedly so scared that his knees were shaking uh, as he ran along the lake and came across Halima Suli, the woman who had passed out after the wind blew through her home. She was shrieking and she'd torn off her clothing in grief. She started shouting to him, Ephraim, come here. Why are these people lying here? Why won't they move again? In front of him, Chase saw the body of Suli's children, bodies of Suli's children, 31 other members of her family, and their 400 cattle. Suli kept trying to shake her lifeless father awake. Chase said, on that day, there were no flies on the dead because the flies were dead too. What? So Che keeps going on downhill to the village, and there he found that nearly every one of the village's thousand residents was dead, including his parents, siblings, uncles, and aunts. Fuck he thought, out of here. Yeah. yeah he <laughs> thought it was the end of the world, literally. Like, somehow he had managed to uh, survive the end of the world. Um, and all in all, about 1,800 people died that night. And, any of, and many of the victims were found right where they'd normally be at that time, suggesting they died on the spot. Quote, bodies lay near cooking fires, clustered in doorways, and in bed. Some people who had lain unconscious for more than a day, more than a day they'd been unconscious, finally awoke, saw their family members all lying dead around them, and committed suicide. Whoa. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is a wild story, and nobody had any idea what was going on here. All we've got is a noise, a fog, a wind, mm. and everyone just dropping dead where they stood. Jeez. I'm sure I'm sure you said back at the top, but how when are we talking here? When was this? 1986. So That's the first one was recently. 1984. This right. Yeah, it's not that long ago. I, we were all alive for this yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. having happened, you know? So not incredibly long um, in Cameroon. Everyone is like, what has happened here? Um, interestingly, folklore was somewhat helpful in trying to figure that out. Okay. Um, or at least there, that there was some sort of natural cause and maybe this wasn't the first time it had occurred. Uh, for example, people in the region will talk of magical springs where as soon as a small animal like a toad or bird approaches, they just drop dead. Uh, geologists realized that these haunted springs are hot springs with super high levels of volcanic gases. Mm. And they figured the bottom of Lake Neos there must be similar springs existing that would release large quantities of toxic gases into the lake. Um, other folk tales, which are referred to as geomyths, which is a phrase I kind of like, yeah. um, include stories of haunted lakes that will explode or drown people, which could very well be based on past disasters similar to what happened in 1986. A natural phenomenon attributed to supernatural powers like gods, spirits, or enraged ancestors, because they're like, what how else the fuck would you explain any of this? 
so for a long time, the shores of Lake Neos were considered haunted and taboo. Only later, people uh, ignoring the local traditions and taboos settled there. So, you know, if you had come from a family that had lived in that area forever, you probably built your house yep. up in Upper Neos. And the reason for that had kind of gotten lost over the years. It wasn't like people were like, oh, we live up here because that lake explodes and kills everybody sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, that was that wasn't it. It was just sort of now it's become tradition and there's like a taboo about being down by the lake. Um, so then other groups of people uh, moved in in the 60s and those are the ones who were living on the lake shore who then when this thing happened uh, ended up, you know, being obliterated by this. So I, so, I demand to know why... <laughs> I'm why we haven't been warned about this. Why nobody is talking about <laughs> yeah. it. This feels well, like it should be gigantic news. <laughs> it's in part. I mean, in part because it's Africa, and no. you know nobody is interested in anything that happens in Africa. Right. And in part because this was so rare that literally a scientist had proposed an explanation for this when the initial yeah. thing happened, and like was rejected by publications because they were like nah, nah that can't oh. be real there's Ghost. no okay. happen yeah, yeah. Uh, there was um so Haralder Sigurdsson right who yeah. was a vulcan a volcanologist from the University of Rhode Island had gone to Lake Monon and found no signs of a volcanic eruption which is what like a lot of people assumed that it would be uh, he detected no indication of temperature increase in the water, no disturbance of the lake bed, no sulfur compounds, but he did find something super weird when he took a water sample bottle from the lake depths. Mm -hmm. He picked it up and put the lid on it, and the lid popped right off. Oh. What do you think that is, Mark? Uh, it's some kind of gas, isn't it? The fucking water is giving off some sort of messed up vapor. Yeah, and not even an unusual messed up vapor. It's carbon dioxide. So it's oh. natural pop then. There's soda coming out of the fucking... <laughs> there's evil soda rising from this lake. And the thing about CaO2 is at high concentration, it displaces oxygen. Air that is 5% carbon dioxide snuffs out candles and car engines. Yeah. Um, a 10% carbon dioxide level causes people to hyperventilate, grow dizzy, and eventually lapse into a coma. At 30%, People gasp and drop dead. It's also colorless and odorless. Huh. So Sigurdsson realized that carbon monoxide from magma degassing under Lake Monoon had percolated up onto the lake's bottom layers of Amazing. water for years or centuries even, creating a giant hidden time bomb. Oh, and boy. Then, yeah. The pent up, like, it's just one of those, it was only a matter of time sort of things. The pent up gas dissolved in the water, he believed, had suddenly exploded and released a wave of concentrated carbon dioxide. Forbidden seltzer. Nobody had ever seen this before. <laughs> yeah, that's literally how it was described as being like seltzer. Uh, he uh, wrote up his findings, calling the phenomenon a hitherto unknown natural hazard that could wipe out entire towns. And a few months before the Neos disaster, he submitted that study to Science, the mm. prestigious U.S. journal, and they rejected the paper as far-fetched, and the theory remained unknown, except to a few specialists. Okay. So... That is exactly what was happening. Lake Neos, Neos is really deep. It's 682 feet and rests atop a porous carrot-shaped deposit of volcanic rubble. Mm. Um, 
Carbon dioxide may remain from this old activity, from old eruptions, or it could be forming now. Uh, wherever it comes from, underwater springs transport the gas upward and into the deep lake bottom water. There, under pressure from the lake water above, the gas accumulates. Pressure keeps the CO2 from coalescing into bubbles, exactly as the cap on a seltzer bottle keeps soda from fizzing. Not to hmm. want to lower the tone this early in the cast, but... Um, it sounds to me as though these villagers were killed by earth farts, mate. <laughs> Basically, That's yeah, what more or less. To be going on there. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that occurred to me while reading it as well. So you know, I think that that's sort of inevitable. <laughs> if I've learned anything from listening to this show, it's stay the fuck away from lakes all the time. I know. Just and don't as a lake don't lover. get in them. Don't walk near them. <laughs> don't don't live nearby them. One. Yeah, don't put a village next to it. It's true. I, I wasn't intentionally making this the theme of Joag, but it does seem mm. the more that we learn, uh, the more lakes have been trusted. So in short, uh, something must have like disrupted the the gas and like caused a mixing of the waters. This could have been a sudden drop in temperature yep. in the water that caused it to mix in ways that it wouldn't normally, or that rumbling that was heard may have been a rock slide and just boulders dropping into the water disrupted it, yep. causing a geyser of yep. this to, no. you know, come out and just kill everyone where they stood. It's amazing uh, how absolutely perfectly you are describing Earth farts. Something fell in that it didn't agree with <laughs> Bubbling up a little bit. Oh, didn't sit quite. <laughs> Village is dead. You... You're right. I can't argue with this. No. I mean, that's... I want to, but there's nothing I can say. You, everything you've said is correct here. Um, so, yeah, what um... they've done, essentially, which maybe takes it away, hopefully, from that particular analogy, is that they figured out that they could put like a pipe in there uh, that like releases it, uh, releases that like gas so that it doesn't build up. So this is some kind bottom. of fart shunt. That's exactly what it is. It's a guff siphon. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> and, hey, not um, to yes. make light of the scale of the tragedy on display right, here. Right, right. Obviously, people no, it's people terrible. It's your, yeah. it's just your regular Joanne warning that we're not terrible. taking the piss. We're not. It is. It is. But the phenomenon yes. is extremely interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that, of course, yeah, they wanted to make sure that this wasn't just going to happen again. Like, eventually people forget it happened and then more people move back over there and yep. then this happens over and over again for all time. So, yeah, they built, like, this, like, pipe um, that is supposed to sort of get that out so it, like, kind of goes off like a geyser, like a little old faithful kind of situation, lets out some of that carbon dioxide uh, pressure and hopefully keeps it from being like just this powder keg, this like bomb down yeah. there Oof. to explode. Uh, but it's very expensive to maintain, and also they're like one pipe might not do it. It's uh, there's every chance that it might uh, still do this again. And mm. Lake Mios has not claimed its last victims. Ooh. Better out than in. <sighs> that is what they say. You know, yeah. you know yeah. that joke. That joke is in Shrek from that actor <laughs> you hate. <laughs> so uh, Another time. But I, I do. For the record, I fucking do. I would push him into Mike a Myers. fucking guff lake any day of the week. I hate his guts. Um, <laughs> so am I right? That is a horror movie scenario. Yeah, That's oh, completely. Like, completely. Just, I, 
the image of people just like where they are. Can you imagine the guy like yeah. the guy walking yeah. from town, seeing all the dead bodies, encountering his friend and wanting to be like, don't. Yeah. yeah. But just. And the fact that there was absolutely no sound. You know what I mean? It was silent, yeah. but no. deadly, you know? Fuck's sake, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It couldn't be his. We quit this show. Oh, my. <laughs> Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so... outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. And uh, I assume it's morning. Uh, where you sure. listening? You, you listen to us on a Monday morning, don't you? We're part of your Monday morning routine. Get up, okay. shower, get dressed, joag. That's, that's part of a fucking nutritious breakfast. Um, And this week, this week, we're providing you a service, aren't we? This week, we're fucking helping you out. This week, we're making sure that everything that happens to you after you listen to this week's Jack of All Graves will be better than the experience of listening to this week's Jack of All Graves. Um, because <laughs> if the fucking toxic earth guffs which level that Cameroonian village weren't unpleasant enough, uh, I feel it is my duty as your... Uh, you know, your co-host here and you, dear listener, your friend. It is my duty to warn you uh, that there's some pretty fucking salty shit coming up uh, in mm-hmm. this week's episode of Jack of All Graves. So, you know, maybe don't listen to this one on the school bus. If you're driving the school bus and you've got the kids in the back, maybe <laughs> don't listen to this one. Uh, don't listen to no. it at... You know, the petting zoo or a fucking, you know, at, at a primary school. Maybe keep this one for over 18 times only. Uh, and speaking of which, speaking of X-rated adult fun, we've got fucking Hollywood Steve from Dead and Lovely on Ooh, the podcast again. It's me. So welcome, Hi, Steven. everybody. Yay, Steve. Hey, welcome Steve. back. I'm back. I, um, I'm happy to be back. I love your show. I listen to it all the time at the gym. Uh, you guys have me cracking up and looking like uh, an insane person. To the... <laughs> I, I'm very intense in the gym. Like I'm just like mm. staring forward, doing my thing, no okay. expression on my face, and then suddenly I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> back to normal, back to lifting. This... Uh, yeah, I think it probably relatable. freaks people out. But hey, good, good time keep it for up. Me. <laughs> yeah right it's it's yeah you got to keep people on their toes i had said uh on uh twitter this this week that i had had a similar experience listening to dead and lovely <laughs> that i was you know doing some like hip raises with uh-huh. a, a weight um and then there was just a moment where ben was trying to explain his definition of garbage food yeah and like how it related to potatoes and why some right. potatoes are garbage right. food, but like some are fine mm-hmm. and like fancy and Steve was not getting it. And there's just this moment where there's like a long pause and Steve just, you just go, <sighs> and I dropped the weight on my pelvis and just 
fell to the floor. <laughs> ben, there's something about Ben is that uh, if Ben likes a food, I guarantee you it's good. Like Ben, okay. he likes things that are nice, but okay. then he yeah. will not like certain things. And the mm. reasoning is you could never gather exactly. You can't what trace it, is. it. You can't follow the line. Yeah, yeah. But I, Steve, yes, how long? How long has Dead Lovely been, been a people. thing? How long have huh? you been running you two? How long has Dead and Lovely been? Uh, oh you know, gosh, a, 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 a going concern. Almost four and a half years, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Older statesman. Oh mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, wondering how uh, how long Cory and I have to go before we reach that level of kind of comfortable disregard for one another to where you can even just happily oh god just yes. fucking <laughs> oh, fuck. Ben and I have go. known each other for uh, oh my gosh um, 15, 16 years I think oh, wow. okay. so a we've been, we've been close friends forever so mm. we just know each other backward and forward and uh, they, we both can just be like Okay, to each other. <laughs> oh, all right. That's a you're weird. Thing. It's a beautiful comfort. Yeah. Level. And if you listening to this for some reason have not listened to Dead and Lovely, you should yeah, really come check us out. Really do that. If on you that like note, us, you will like them. Yeah. On mm. that note, for, for for those listening who haven't checked out Dead and Lovely at this point, Steve, fucking pitch it. What's your elevator mm-hmm. pitch for Dead and Lovely? What is your or your mission statement? How would you describe your cast? Um, um, our show is basically an hour of us bullshitting with each other uh, about nothing related to horror. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then dipping into a movie, uh, and then basically going down strange tangents and coming up with weird products and movie ideas all the time. And in between there is about 30 minutes of really good film criticism. <laughs> but there's also an hour and a half of us just being uh, absolute uh, idiots. And I people like it. Good. <laughs> yeah. So come on, come. If you're not, it, like, if you're looking for a horror movie podcast to tell you what happens in a horror movie, mm. we're not that. <laughs> you, no. you might, if you've not seen the movie and you listen to our episode, you might not get anything that happens mm. in the movie. Like no. at all, we're not gonna give you the, the. That doesn't mean I won't listen to it. Nonetheless, yeah. it's still fun. Yeah, it's, it's some, you won't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, we're not movie. giving a synopsis. We're not doing that. We're doing criticism, but more than that, we're we're just having a conversation. We're old friends. We love each other. We have so much uh, to say to each other all the time, and we you yeah. know always have new stupid ideas that we're texting each other back and forth. That was kind of <laughs> why we wanted to start a podcast because mm-hmm. it was like, well, we have all this. We're always saying these dumb things, and at parties we have conversations, and people just stop and listen to the conversations. Like, what yep. is happening over here? Uh, <laughs> what if we yep. recorded this? And then we needed a topic, and right. uh, horror was just something we both love. So love we went with it, and it's yeah, it's worked out nicely. You know, with the movies that you watch, sometimes I've seen them a million times. This past week. Uh, used did uh, I still know what you did last oh, summer, God. which I've seen many times. Yeah. I do not have the loathing for it that uh, you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like maybe I'm more like Ben. Ben doesn't hate it. He yeah, he found it like, entertaining. It's it's entertaining, mm-hmm. bad. Um, but other times, like I've I've never seen anything, and many people who listen to this podcast make it their weekly routine to That's watch true. the movie that you announce that you're going to do, and really then listen to the good... podcast audience we have a, a, a like we because we've not like to the to us this isn't we're not 
looking to make a ton of money off this or anything. Yeah, it's yeah. just about like uh, bringing in an audience of people that want to hear this conversation and then enriching their lives as best we can. Like trying yeah, nice, to be nice. the best, the the best, like most supportive mm. two hours of your week. Hopefully, yeah, totally. Yeah. It works. So check it out. Mm. Dead and lovely. We love you guys mm. deeply. And we are very happy to have you back here again, Steve, to I'm talk with to us today back. about torture. Yes. You know, we thought we'd bring you in for like a really nice, lighthearted <laughs> conversation. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I regret the fuck out of this topic. And it was, it was me who suggested it. I, I, yeah. I am not the same guy that I was before researching this shit. Oh, my fucking head. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm guessing this was inspired by your trip to London with your family. Uh, it, mm. Not to say that was torture, but to say that <laughs> I'm assuming because you did historical things, torture had come up. On I this. think it might have been. Yes. Uh, okay. I mean, I, as inevitably we'll chat about movies shortly. I've seen fuck all this week, yes. apart from our watch along last night, because my family and I have taken a few days. We were supposed to be in Greece this week, but thanks to... Oh. You know, Mr. COVID, uh, we've gone fucking nowhere. So we've just spent a couple of days in London as well. And we've done historical things, you know, um, and I, yeah, that must have been where the, the idea for torture. You, you kind of wanted to throw around some chat about prisons and the prison system and so on. Yeah. Uh, and I thought those two topics dovetailed together quite nicely. However, um, because I have no impulse control and a <laughs> craving for sensation, be it negative mm. or positive, I don't care. Just input. <laughs> I'm Johnny fucking five, only way, way, way uh, slower reading. Um, <laughs> I can't, I, I will, oh, I'll click. Oh, despite the fucking NSFW warnings and despite the, please don't click this video because you will be traumatized. It will literally fucking kill you. <laughs> click, 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 click. Um, I don't. I don't understand it. You've yeah. got to see. You have to see. That's, my, that's I guess. Don't think you do, <laughs> personally. I that's in my experience that is not accurate but we will we'll get into exactly what you saw mm. in a little bit and if you just want to jump to that there is as always as there has been forever a timestamp for you to look for the main topic i don't know why you'd go to that when there is so much to listen to beforehand <laughs> that will be much less depressing but <laughs> see you can skip and we've talked about this in, in previous episodes, right? But in much the same way as Steve, you just kind of encapsulated the the mission statement of Dead and Lovely. I, too, and I've said this before, and it still holds true almost a year in, right? I, I'm i talking stuff out here. This is this is mm -hmm. a, lo a lot of, of the reason I keep coming back to Joag. And mm -hmm. he, he, just there was a little revelation in itself. And I've, I've felt, Cory knows this, but I felt rough all day today because I came back from the gym earlier and I had an idea in the car on the way home. Fucking hell. I have a protein shake after the gym. Why don't I go and buy a McFlurry right now <laughs> from McDee's and whack some fucking scoops of protein on it and blend it up and try and drink it? And I did because I thought, oh, that will feel fantastic. I must do it immediately. And <sighs> it was terrible. It was fucking horrible. It, <laughs> I feel, imagine like a sad whale was the way I described it to Corey. And I've, my radar is all fucked up and I found myself on a beach. That, that's how I felt all day. But I, it didn't once occur to me that it was, it was a fucking ridiculous idea. 
<laughs> just sensation. That mm. was as far as the brain had gotten. Was yeah. just... Oh, I've not done that before. Better do that then. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I like, I really appreciate that you felt the need to like respond and wail back to Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> wail bro. <I> it. <laughs> Sad wail. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, terrible, de- terrible decisions being made by Mark <laughs> all day, from uh, McFlurries and protein to um, watching actual torture. Yeah. So off to a really, really good start. We'll yeah. see what happens to his mental state by the end of this podcast. Hey. Bef- Not many other podcasts in the podcast sphere talking about McFlurries protein and torture videos this week. I'll wager. I'd, you know what? I'd say you'd probably be the only one. There probably. You go. There you go. There's a lot of podcasts out there, but... I want to, like, meet the Joag doppelganger podcast that inevitably is out there, like, probably somewhere in, like, Russia or something that is <laughs> going through, like, the exact same weird shit we are. Like a Welsh girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's us in reverse. Oh, um yeah uh before we get to that hey we had a watch along yesterday Uh the three of us were all there we watched the 1985 version of fright night on what happened to be chris sarandon's actual birthday the way that worked out man so yeah i believe pointed out by of course john latour always on top of it always on top of everything Mm. He, he always knows what's going on he's gonna give you the little bit of history or whatever that goes along with it so Chris Sarandon's birthday. Also, our friend who told us the quicksand story last week, Richard's birthday as well. So, happy birthday, Chris Happy birthday, lads. I'm delighted to find... Obviously, I invited Chris Sarandon along. I mean, it was his birthday. I mean, I thought if he's at a loose end, uh, he might <laughs> want to pop in and watch like a 30-year-old film that he was in with some strangers <laughs> on the internet. I thought, well, we wouldn't want to do that. Um but he liked my tweet. Way he did. He oh, liked cool. my tweet. Yes, he did. <laughs> he liked my tweet. <laughs> He's vaguely aware of our existence. That's awesome. Uh, which is friend of the know. cast, Chris Sarandon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that in the intro so yeah. that when people listen to this for the first time, they're like, "Jack of oh, all wow. graves fan, Chris wow. Sarandon." Wow. Okay. <laughs> Humperdinck. Okay. <laughs> Actual Humperdinck. <laughs> Um, and as always, it was a phenomenal time at mm. our, our watch along. Everybody is just such a delight to have along for that ride. A few people missed, uh, like Ryan, for example, who was not, mm. not there this time around. Uh, yeah, a few folks who were not able to make it. But uh, next time, I don't know, it may be that we're just watching Blood Vessel. Oh, I, think, I don't think we can fun. put that off anymore. Yeah, we just have to make sure it's available because I I know here it's on Shutter, yeah. but we have to make sure it's like rentable for people who don't have that. Mm. Um, but yeah, for Colin's sake, uh, who is just just very sad that we keep uh, ignoring that suggestion, we may just watch Blood Vessel, which is a good time. Uh, I've seen it. Um, I don't know, Mark. Have you seen Blood Vessel yet? Uh, no, in fact. Um, before we started continually banging on about it, I'd never fucking even heard of it. <laughs> well, there we go. So we'll see what happens. We'll we'll check on that. We'll get back to you. We'll give you a date. Oh, is it Nazi vampires? Time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I told you about this. Oh, I'm in. Nah, I would have remembered. It's, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely something that would have, you know. 
Yeah, it was even in our boat core uh, set of selections. You put it on there. I don't remember that at all. I am not shocked by this. <laughs> Unsurprising Mark fact. Does not recall this thing. Uh, oh, but so, look, yeah. if, if, it's, if it's Nazi vampires, yes. Uh, right. 100%. So we can go ahead and announce right now the August watch Blood along. We ain't voting on shit. We're watching Blood Vessel. <laughs> Uh, I don't know who he was flipping off right now, but he was just flipping. Yeah, democracy. (laughs) Democracy. Fuck you, democracy. We're watching Nazi vampires. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, what uh, what have you been watching lately? Well, Mark, you said nothing. Yeah, uh, no, nothing. Um, I've got a few things queued up that I'm about to dive into. Uh, I'm on the brink of starting 30 Coins, the Spanish language horror series oh, right, on right, right, HBO right, right. from the last year or so, which by all accounts is mwah, magnifique. Um, I've heard good things about it. Yes. So I'm kind of psyching myself up to dive into that. But other than that, nah, fuck all. Um, although, although I will say that I love Fright Night. I, it, it was it was difficult to keep my attention between Discord and, and what was going on on the screen. I hadn't seen it in a mm. long time and I thought it was... Right. Terrific. Um, yeah. It's a fun uh, time. It is. It really is. Um, obviously, friend of the cast, Joag, uh, sponsor, Chris Sarandon, was just smooth as fuck. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. His coat game in that oh. movie is just oh, yeah. ugh, incredible. 80s coats were great. I mean, mm. aside from like when they bulked him up with the shoulder pads, yeah. 80s coats were legit. That's why people still wear that like members only shit and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good Pico, members only. good everything. What's that? M- members only Jack. That's what Ed was wearing okay. throughout that okay. that movie. No, but it was very smart. I, you know, back to the coat. I like how it was it, it, the kind of the surrogate cloak. Uh, you wrapped it around fucking mm. Marcy off Married with Children that one time. Uh, <laughs> it was superb, really. And uh, Tom Holland, all right. He, he, he may not I have love a, Tom a Holland. gigantic mm. body of work, but responsible for Fright Night and Child's Play, mate. Yeah, you fucking... and Psycho too. Yeah. Oh, really? Psycho too is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it is, Steve. You are so right. I, I, yeah. um, I is this blasphemous? I don't know, but it's I given if you put Psycho and Psycho two in front of me, I will pick Psycho two. It is. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just Norman is so vulnerable, and yeah, it's... you know he he wants to oh. not be a psycho for most of the film, but they just yeah. keep pulling him fucking back in. Great film. <laughs> Every time he thinks he's it's, out. It's Carlito's way of, of, of slasher film. <laughs> Terrific movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really good. So if you like those other movies, you're going to like Fright Night if you haven't seen it. And the remake mm. is really good, too, which is... It is. Nice, Some of the CG you know? is... is uh, but it is good. Yeah. 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 But it's, you know, you got your Anton Yelchin, which yeah. is great. You got your David Tennant. And uh, Colin Farrell in a role like this is just kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Uh, I quite enjoy both versions of that. But watching this one hasn't been as long for me as it has for you since I watched it last time. But mm. this is one of the few vampire movies I enjoy. Also, like, Mark, you figured out, like, you're really into vampires. Yeah. Oh, this. Mate, again, you know, uh, an- another Joag revelation that I've discovered about myself. I fucking love vampires. They're so good. Um, I, 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 would, I would take a vampire movie over a zombie movie nowadays because there's lots of different flavors well, and that. they're all yeah. great. I like the lore, I like mythology. I like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm a vampire fan. 
Steve, where do you stand on vampires? I, I'm with you on that. I mean, uh, I, I'm a fan of the undead in all forms. I think they're mm. always like really um, helpful in exploring different versions of humanity and different yes. ways in which we interact with death. And uh, vampires generally they go with the sexy sort of like the the allure of death and how how we're all kind of drawn into death even when repulsed by it and yeah vampires are really fun and yeah i think you can also do fun stuff like blood vessel where they're just uh rage beasts and that's also fun too (laughs) yeah yeah, or uh, what's that one that you... 30 Days of Night. Oh, 30, 30 Days of Night, yeah. They're just like beasts. slaughtering maniacs, and it's... Yeah. Completely. Uh, yeah. Um, Fright Night leaned very into the sexy, but a very mm. particular type of sexy. A very synthy... Yeah. Bow, wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> kind of guitar-driven, kind of suave kind of sexy. Yeah, uh, it's the suaveness. Like, see, this compared to Near Dark, which I was saying I hated last week. I can't do... brutal. Yes. It, it's just and the sexiness in that it like grosses me mm, out smelly yeah. sexy just so stinky ugh. fucking ugh, have yeah. a wash kind yep. of sexy yeah i just like the sort of flirtatious vibe of larry dandridge you know where it's mm-hmm. just kind of like you can see this guy walking mm-hmm. into a place and everyone's heads turning you yep. know like it doesn't it doesn't have to be like a weird sex movie the whole time for you to just get like this guy yeah exudes sexiness <laughs> Yeah, you know that works for me better than most vampire things. So, mm. you know, I love it. I love that movie, despite my hostility toward vampire things. I did not <laughs> learn like Mark that I actually love them, uh, but I like that one. There's no explicit kind of uh, vein opening in Fright Night, is there? Really, exactly. which I think was that helps yeah. me. I do mm-hmm. hate that. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it grosses me out so much. And yeah, I think that's part of it. This movie doesn't do any of the things that I hate about vampire movies, basically. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, just... that is true. <laughs> other, other than Ed, like, like there's... Ed is I mean, really annoying some, like... to me. Like, I have trouble oh, with really? that part. Just Ed <laughs> really? in general annoys me so much. But then mm. when, you know, when he turns into that wolf, which I know, Mark, you're not a fan... No. Um, yeah, that was where no, too far, too being far. able to turn into wolves. No. Mm-hmm. Um, pick, I mean, I mean, you've got gas magic, bat magic, or wolf magic. Uh-huh. I can happily put that in the law bin. Wolf magic, there's no need. <laughs> Why a wolf? That seems very arbitrary. You know what I mean? It does. Um, it does. Well, I don't know. I feel like there's always a connection between werewolves and, and vampires. So it's not like entirely arbitrary. If he had like yeah. turned into a wombat, you'd be like, what? <laughs> What's this about? But a wolf doesn't seem like that far. That's it a feels lore. greedy to me. You've got bats and gas. <laughs> yeah. All you of know? those things are in the original Dracula novel. So yeah. uh, Fright yeah. Night is sticking to that, though. Yeah. Bram Stoker was organizing all of these folk tales from all over Europe into one story. So, like, it does seem a bit greedy. Because the mm. vampires that could turn into where uh, turn into wolves over here in say Romania, like uh, they turn into gas over here in Bulgaria. Like now you're saying they do all that? Come on, man. That's Come on, Bram. Yeah. <laughs> Overpowered. I only I only learned from that that movie on Shutter a couple months ago that Bram Stoker was Irish. Yeah. Like I don't know what I thought. He like, was. Yeah. Bram Stoker doesn't sound like it'd be any anything else 
but yeah. I had no idea that was a thing. I yeah. don't think I've ever heard of another Bram. You don't get much Bram, do you? No, not a lot of Brams. Did, did you guys have the elephant show when you were... <laughs> that was sharon lois and bram just so. uh that song by the way <laughs> mark is just still sitting there like oh yeah what? he doesn't know this song um that song <laughs> I, by I don't the know what way just took place. made me cry when i was in third grade when we sang it in music <gasps> class because that morning i had been mean to my mom Oh, and I felt Steve. terrible while singing Just that song. Just imagining Steve being like, "I love you in the morning," yeah. <laughs> but I did it. I didn't love you uh, in yeah. the morning. That was it. That was it. And I was just like, "Okay, I'll stop <laughs> singing this song right now." No. Oh, bless your tiny beautiful yeah. heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, that's. That's going to be my favorite image for a while now. <laughs> when I feel sad, I'm just going to think about little Steve. I was I was a very <laughs> cute kid, too, with big brown eyes, so I'm sure it was Aww. adorable. Yeah, just, there was a teacher somewhere seeing you like, oh, Steve, Steve. Oh, no, she was probably mad. That lady was mean. Do you happen to remember what it was you did to upset your mom? Um, I, I think that she had made me something for breakfast and I didn't want that and i just was like it it was one of those things where like we were broke and my mom never made us breakfast because she was a single mom like who had no time in the morning she had made this breakfast i didn't want it and then like Uh realizing in like that moment like fuck she never does that this was like a special (laughs) thing and i was a dick about it Uh, (laughs) i heard her yes Uh, but of course all that didn't run through my head it was just like Uh, yeah. Eight-year-old, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like probably unable to articulate any of this yeah. to anyone. By, by the okay. way, when I just started doing that, the thing asked me if I was playing music. I guess my crying oh. sounded like playing music to Zoom. So you have a melodic cry. I do. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, what if that was actually how Steve cried? <laughs> I cry like a whale. Yeah, people would be upsetting you on purpose just to kind of hear it. <laughs> Should have eaten the fucking breakfast, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, where were we with that? Oh, oh that was. I, I watched something this week. I watched. Uh, okay. I don't know if if you you know of uh, Search Party. It's on hmm. HBO Max. It's a show. Kia uh, watches that. Yeah. It is. Um, if if you saw maybe veronica mars mm-hmm. it reminds me a bit of veronica mars but um uh, darker okay yeah i feel I, i've walked through when keo's watching a few times and i do not understand the tone just yeah. upon like little like two three minute like bits of it i'm like is this a comedy uh, is it a drama it's funny so the answer is yes it's funny <laughs> a lot and it's also dramatic a lot like okay um they're a lot of the humor is you're kind of laughing at these uh, sort of very self-obsessed uh, millennial stereotype characters mm. who, like, they don't realize that everything they're doing is about their own self-obsession. And so mm. a lot of the humor is just like, even in the dramatic moments, 
seeing how selfish and like uh you know unconcerned with other people's feelings they are mm. right it, it so th- there's a lot of humor in, but it it also like very dramatic like the in- i just finished the first season and the end of the first season was like what the fuck like i was just sitting there at the end like holy shit what are they gonna do um <laughs> and, and like fun. i saw there's three more seasons i'm like how does this end with more seasons uh so <laughs> Uh, what's the I like recommend. central premise of this show? Okay, like, so the... um, it, it's uh, a a group of friends who all went to college together. A girl they went to college with goes missing and okay. is de- declared dead. But one of the characters, played by Alia Shawkat from um, Arrested, Arrested Development and a ton of other stuff, uh, she sees her at a Chinese restaurant, um, and then like the the chick who's missing runs away so like it begins this like investigation by this group of friends into like where she is and what's going on and you really don't expect what happens it is it's a major surprise and that's hbo max right? yeah hbo max recommend it it's fun have you started um american horror stories i have and i saw so much hate for it (laughs) <laughs> and I guess I just love, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Murphy's shows because. <laughs> do you do you generally? I like do. Your... I don't care how okay. cheesy they get. Like I understand <laughs> that people are like, oh, it's so cheesy, and then like characters act in ways they don't act, and it's like. Oh well, that's yeah, clearly. Yeah, but I it's mean... like cool imagery and a lot of really yeah. good horror moments. Like, yeah. those the I... the first two episodes, like that two parter about yeah, the rubber woman. The... The murder house. I thought the, that was yeah. great. I thought that was like an awesome lesbian romance story, and like, you know, I'm I was so invested in these lesbian killers, <laughs> like I cared about yeah. them, but it right. was very cheesy. Oh yeah, absolutely. My problems with American Horror Story and Ryan Murphy are like never about that it's cheesy. I I can get down yeah. with some cheesiness, especially with like horror and mm-hmm. cheesiness. Mm. It's like I'm totally on board for that. It's like watching Pretty Little Liars, but right. murder. I mean, like I mean that is murder, but like slasher. Right. Um. It's always that like the first six episodes are really good, and then something happens that changes the entire season, and I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. That. Wasn't so much a twist as just like dropping a bomb on this and ruining right. the the show. That's what annoys me. So I like with American Horror Stories that like it's not really giving it the opportunity to do that. Yeah. You know, when you're watching it, it's like this: you have an hour to tell this story or whatever, or in that case, two hours because it was a two parter. Yeah. But ultimately, it doesn't have time to spiral into something ridiculous and yeah. like where you're just like, I don't, I don't even want to follow this anymore. Yeah. They're interesting stories. They're yeah, they're violent and crazy and you know, the third episode uh involves like a, a film that makes people murder immediately yeah. upon seeing it. Like just the second it starts, rage out and murder each other. And that. it was like insane and fun and like over the top and it just I felt like this is all the things that I like about a Ryan Murphy joint without the stuff that I don't yeah I would agree with that because like you're right like the seasons will just seem to drag especially mm-hmm. like the last couple of episodes of every season will be like yeah aside from Murder House Murder House is Murder good House all the way so through. solid and I mean yeah. you know when, whenever you've been working on it's the first season you've been working on it you've put so much thought into it of course right. it's gonna end well uh, but yeah, the, 
that happens a lot. I, I, I liked 1984 a good bit. Was it 1984? The, the summer yeah, the, camp like, summer camp one. one. Yeah. yeah. I think I only made it four episodes oh, or five episodes so into that, too. it is so cheesy and, like, there were three serial killers in it who became friends. <laughs> That's the thing is it's, like, there's always too much. Yeah, it does way too, too much. much. Like, I just want to, like, I get that this is over the top, but there comes a point where I'm just, like, come on, everybody can't. Everybody can't be a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, or you bring in, like, some, like, weird magical figure, like, Wes Bench- Bentley in the, like, big yeah. show series and stuff like that. And you're just like, I, okay. Yeah. You went too far. I was in with Twisty. <laughs> I was following that. And, like, now what is the show that I'm watching? Yeah, you know? I agree with that. So, <laughs> I like American Horror Stories. I think uh, I think it's worthwhile. Um, yeah. yeah worth I'd recommend that one. Uh, anything else you watched this week, Steve? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, Friday night we watched something, and I, I've oh, forgotten yeah. already. It was oh, Halloween 5. Halloween 5, yes. Friday yeah. night we watched <laughs> Halloween 5 on the screaming chat. Um, uh, it's so bad. It's mm. so bad. The it's... the mask is terrible. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. What is that thing? It's... I don't I mean, it looks like they didn't even watch the first movie and just heard, Completely. oh, they spray-painted a mask white. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just find a mask and spray paint it white. Yeah, I'm certain that no, no that you know they're they're the story of how that mask came to look as fucking god awful as it did. I'm certain that story has been told plenty of times on you know podcasts and documentaries. Right. But if it mm-hmm. hasn't, I would love to know. I would love yeah. to know because you don't just make a film quickly. In the space of a couple of days, you lots of people have to get <laughs> yeah. involved. Like they were like, "Oh, we need a mask real quick." Oh, oh shit! <laughs> we're shooting today. It's not even. Has that anyone it's, seen one of these before? <laughs> right. There's there are, there are some uh, kind of installments of Elm Street where the makeup looks better than others. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It Freddy's Dead. It looks very quite rubbery. You know what I mean? It's obviously yeah. latex, but there there are some where yeah. the the makeup is better than others. But there are none where. You just, it doesn't even fucking look... It doesn't look like Freddy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, aside maybe from the reboot. but Oh, yeah, the reboot is... Well, yeah, okay, we don't talk yeah. about that. Uh, come on, let's make this the first week without an Elm Street rant, please. Let's not. Let's not. Uh, no no Elm Street rants, no cock leeches this week. That's the, <laughs> oh, that's damn, the all I was going to talk about was cock leeches. <laughs> Early days. That's the whole torture segment. Yeah, cock leech torture, I found. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it... it not only is it astounding that the, the the mask in Halloween Five looks as shit as it does, it's equally, if not more, astounding that at no point nobody, whether a financer or a fucking second unit director or somebody stepped in and went, "Lads, for fuck's sake, we can't, we can't yeah. do this." I mean, they could have just bought one off the internet, but no, well, yeah. not off the internet, but they could have got one from a costume shop <laughs> at that point. Surely, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, fans were probably making them that looked exactly like the Shatner mask at yes. home. Yep. So there's like no way they just could not. like. And that's the thing is you have to think that what they thought then was, oh, this is a, like a new one. We're refreshing the series or whatever. So they intentionally made it look like that. Like, oh, we don't mm. want it to look like the ones from these last ones. So yeah. we'll yeah. make it look slightly different. Like it had to be an intentional decision. It seems Nobody like just it. didn't look at the other, like... Nobody watched a uh, VHS of the other ones, and they were like, oh, shit, that's what he's supposed to look like? Oh, right. Uh, well, 4, yeah. 5, and 6 are supposed to be like the Thorn trilogy. Mark. Mark. Yes? Will you put the squeezy toy down, please? <laughs> 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 Thank you. 
every time you lean towards the mic with it, I'm like, no. (laughs) Squeeze, squeeze. Last week it was mouth sounds. This week it's a squeezy toy. (laughs) Good grief. I'm sorry, Steve. No, you're okay. Yeah, four, five, and six are like, they're supposed to be like the Thorn trilogy where they explain the cult stuff and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I mean, six is just insane. If you see the producer's cut of six, it makes more sense, but. It, it just makes very that? little sense. Yeah, why would you? Why would you? <laughs> why would you do a thing like yeah, that? Yeah, you must love Paul Rudd a lot to go out of your way to watch the producers cut Halloween 6. I saw that he was invited back for um, Halloween Kills. Oh, I hope he uh, comes back. That'd be great. I don't think, I think he, he isn't, though. Oh. His role is being played by Anthony Michael Hall, I think. Oh. Oh, what? The okay. same character? Same character, yeah. Oh, cool. But it's being played by Anthony Michael Hall, so... That's I, like a, I mean, that's a it's solid a... sort of like. Hang on, hang on, though. Shift. Didn't... I thought the new Halloween's disregarded all of the other sequels. I don't think it disregards all of them. Well, it it, it is it is it's saying those events haven't happened, but it's bringing in stuff from those. Right. So like, yeah. it it it's not entirely disregarding them, I guess, because like, yeah, just watching five on Friday, they have like the the goofy cops doing their like back and forth that you see mm-hmm. in the Halloween 2018. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Right. Yeah, so I imagine they're yeah, just going to keep taking the bringing things in that like work the, the stuff and... they think is cool and trying to make it work, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of the vibe that they're going for, like give enough of a sense of like, yeah, we know you guys watch these, you were committed to these mm. for 30 years um, mm. while making it a new story. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how You know, another franchise that, that, that would do great with that kind of approach Oh, on the street. I agree no. with that. No, Mark. <laughs> How do I mute his mic? <laughs> no ranting. <laughs> no ranting. Um, I also watched this week uh, this documentary on Woodstock 99, Ooh, which okay. was like, God, what a weird, weird moment. Um, mm-hmm. This documentary is on HBO Max. I think it's new. Um, it's definitely 2021, and I hadn't seen it on there before, and I've seen a couple people watching it on Letterboxd as well. And it is a, it, I have mixed feelings about this documentary. It's really well made and uh, gives a really good look at this weird cultural moment while also it's talking about all the like sexual assault and the girls gone mm. wildification of culture and stuff like that while showing mm. uncensored images of women being sexually assaulted Jesus. and things like that, you know. Where so aside like, from all the mud, was that festival a nightmare then? Oh, absolute nightmare. Start to finish, everything about it. Mm was terrible Mm. and this documentary really dives into why that was Mm. um and i i just recommend it to everyone because it's like (sighs) i watched that did you guys watch the britney spears documentary the hulu one before like it kind of spawned all the like the mainstreaming of this free britney movement because that had been around for a long time but really made it like everyone was now paying attention to what was going on with her conservatorship and I watched that and I was like, I like, <laughs> I want Gen Z to watch this and just like marvel at the fact that any of us millennial women turned out okay. Right. Because it was just like a terrible time to be a woman, mm-hmm. a terrible time to be a person of color. Like everything in culture was extremely racist and extremely sexist and misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that watching this Woodstock 99 doc and seeing like, they really framed it really well that Woodstock 1994 kind of embodied what Woodstock was about, yeah. right? And you had these very countercultural figures like Nirvana, and, yeah. you know, who were there and very much embodied the like leftist politics and mm-hmm. 
um, the idea of the peace and love that people wanted to spread and everything. And this one, like the lineup for it is the backlash to grunge is the backlash to the leftist politics of, yeah. of that time. So you've got your Limp Biscuit and your Kid Rock and, Ugh. you know, your corn which actually jonathan davis comes across wonderfully in this like, mm. jonathan davis is one of the heroes of this and i <laughs> really liked corn i'm I not yeah i was never a corn so. fan either i had a big corn moment Did yeah you? i was mm-hmm. definitely into them when i was younger so uh he comes across great the offspring guys come across great mm. you know there's like some that come across really well but that this was very much like white misogynist male culture like trying to put uh, women back in their place and all that kind of Ugh. stuff. And like Woodstock 99 was just the embodiment of all of that happening. I think I am mixing it up with Woodstock 94. 94 is the one. Yeah, 94 I'm... I think is probably the one with Nine Inch Nails because I don't yes. remember 99 being a part of... Mm. I mean, Nine Inch Nails being a part of 99. I remember um, in 94 I was uh, 13 and obsessed with Nirvana and yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. Woodstock performance and everything like all the all the stuff that happened in Woodstock 94 that you got to see on MTV and stuff was like mm-hmm. I was obsessed with it um and then when Woodstock 99 rolled around and the lineup came out I was 17 and I hated almost every band on <laughs> like I've never been a corn fan like right. I don't like any new metal at all like that stuff to me was terrible Papa Roach mm. all that shit I hated it so I saw that lineup and I was so disappointed because when I was 13, I wanted to go to Woodstock so right. bad. Yeah, and now yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I, I could go, but I don't want to go to this. This looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I kind of had a similar, I didn't like hate, hate new metal. I think like I looked at it like any form of pop music where I wasn't going to go buy the album. Right. But like if you put one of these songs on the radio, I wouldn't change the station. I would like listen to it. Um but yeah, it was like 94. I remember being like very like, wow, yeah, like starry eyed, mm-hmm. like this is an incredible thing in 99 rolling around and very much sort of being like, ooh, this even before all the other stuff happened. Right. This is yeah. It just didn't look like it was going to be a good time. And you're right. Like, yeah, that, that late 90s, early 2000s, like aggressive masculinity, it, it, like infected everything and made really everything kind of the worst like mm-hmm. it's a, like you don't want to go back to those things yeah mm. and when you watch this i think one of the things that really struck me was how much you know you see like the the gen x white dudes who push back so much against like woke culture right and stuff like that and you're like these that's these guys these guys mm-hmm. who grew up in this time where like they could go to a show and pull a girl's top off and like squeeze her boobs and everyone was like yeah Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what they're they're like, I miss those days. And everyone else is like, but it sucked for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, yeah, but like this was a really good time for me though. And it's just yeah, it was like a I feel like, you know, when I have nostalgia for the nineties, this made me realize I'm like, I'm always thinking about the first half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then you get towards the time when I was in high school. And like middle and high school, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, that was just a horrendous time. It was. It was, <laughs> it was a bad time. It was a cultural wasteland. It really was. Yeah, everything was yeah. just so. Yeah, I mean, aggressive is is the way to mm-hmm. put it. But yeah, like, aggressive is a really good way to put it. But it's not. It wasn't like. I mean, you know, we had Rage Against the Machine. That, mm-hmm. I mean, that's Who what did a play? lot of those yeah, new metal 99. dudes were trying to duplicate. 
Yep. But Rage Without was like saying the... something. Yeah. It... And that's what this documentary really talks about too, is that like most of those people there, like the audience were like mad, but they were like mad at their parents and they were right. like mad at girls and like, you know, they weren't mad at like a oppressive society and stuff like that. Right. So when they acted out and like burned the place down, mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was, you know, not a response to uh, what Rage was talking about. Right. It was, you know, a response to like Kid Rock went on stage and he's like, you know, I never get political. The only politics I'll say is Monica Lewinsky's a hoe and oh, Bill Clinton Jesus. is a pimp. You know, like that. Thank is... you for your contribution, <laughs> Mr. Rock. Yeah, right. Oh, cool. Uh. There, there's the conversation. And there's like a horrendous part where DMX is is performing and it's like a call and response type thing. And the response is the N-word. Oh. And seeing this sea of just all white people screaming it oh. back at him. Holy is shit. like... I'm like that's what it was. That's what it was like. That's what all these people who like hate woke culture and all that stuff are like. That's their golden years, Mm -hmm. right there. I don't. I I can't really categorize what the original spirit of Woodstock was, but I don't know if that was it. (laughs) I don't. I think I can safely say. Yeah, I don't think so. That wasn't it. Yeah. So I recommend it. It's a you know, it's a really interesting look but be warned like big content warning on it you do see like a ton of just like naked women and men grabbing them oh, and, fuck. you know people crowd surfing and getting their stuff pulled off of them and things like it's hard to watch mm. in that sense and i think if they were going to critique girls gone wild and things like that in this they shouldn't have done exactly the thing girls gone wild was doing mm. yeah in this documentary and just spend all their time just like what you're describing is assault bills. you're describing it's a yeah. assaulted Women being assaulted is like throughout this, and there's plenty that were like, you know, they're nude and they're just being like, yay, they're having a good time, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's like different from the fact that there are many assaults in this. There's even a part where they're like talking about um, how men would the showers were separated by like a curtain, and the men would like peer into the women's side of the curtain, Jesus, and like. But then they show a photo of the inside of the women's shower, and these women clearly know don't know they're being having their photo taken, <laughs> so oh. you're like. What are you doing? <laughs> this is that's what you just accused other terrible people of doing. Jesus. It's just yeah. So it has major flaws when it comes to the way that it approaches women. That said, it is a really good look at that toxic age that I recommend. Okay. Mm. Nice. So if we're sick of this toxic age, mm. take a look at another one. <laughs> Take a look at another one. That's Take your a look segue. at another one. <laughs> well, Mark, I feel like you should uh, sort of lead us into our... I will. Uh, the big show, because you have dedicated so much mental and emotional energy to this. So, long-term viewers will know that I have a, uh, a bee in my bonnet about how we act versus how other mammals act. Right. Mm. I uh, I talk a lot about our impulses. I talk a lot about what we're prepared to do uh, in the pursuit or, or, or in the thrall of our impulses and how much of our behavior is animal, how much is instinctual, how much is down to our fucking, you know, old school genetic commands, I guess. And mm-hmm. 
you know, we, we've 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 talked about addiction. We've talked about uh, we've talked about the 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 act of murder. We've talked about incarcerating one another, and I started to wonder: Are there other animals that commit the act of torture? Right, the deliberate oh. infliction of physical and psychological pain on That's other an animals. That's interesting question. You know, with the because. For the for, for for clarity here, I'm thinking of torture as the intentional and prolonged infliction of pain to elicit a response in 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 the subject, right? Be it mm-hmm. uh, capitulation, or be it information, or be it you know uh, just submission to power. Exactly, exactly. Are we unique among animals in doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess the first thing to make clear here is that we are doing that a fuckload yeah a lot mm-hmm. yep uh you know I, I i spent a lot of time reading amnesty reports on torture this week and it's fucking everywhere man yes um like yeah uh, it, uh but it, it goes back you know it's by no means a recent we haven't recently decided yeah yeah. <laughs> I know what will make him <laughs> confess. It's been happening a long time. Um, the first instance, uh, the first recorded instance, at least, of torture to prove guilt or innocence. Um, would you care to guess for me when uh, the first recorded instance of judicial torture being applied might stem from? Well, it's. I mean, it's got to be before Jesus. So mm. Yeah, 21st century <laughs> BC, don't you know? Um, oh, yeah, long old time Dang, ago. That's like all the way here, the other direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Sumerians and Babylonians were uh, dealing the torture out to those who were convicted of sorcery and witchcraft. Um, of course, boiling water, uh, throwing people in rivers to elicit c- confessions. Um, but even now, right? Even now, uh, even in in countries, quote unquote, civilized countries torture is rife torture of different you know different levels of yeah. severity um uh, and you know different ways of describing it enhanced interrogation for example mm-hmm. you know all are just euphemisms for torture just to answer my first question are we the only animal that does it yep pretty much oh, okay <laughs> i had a feeling i was yeah. like i don't think that there's any way this is going to come nope. to being like oh actually there's like this beetle that does it there's just no there's nope. no reason nope for i it. mean there are plenty of animals that are bastards to one another right um <laughs> dolphins shitbags. Yeah. i was gonna say dolphins dolphins fucking suck. hell they don't give a fuck no <laughs> dolphins are terrible um they'll fuck anything yeah yeah they will and then they, and then they toss around those puffer fish so oh. that they get exactly. high, but the puffer fish is like yeah. miserable. Mm-hmm. Bun a fucking puffer fish. Bun a zoot. <laughs> Bun a puffer fish. <laughs> Bun a puffer zoot. They love it, mate. Um, would you? Uh, it's not a dolphin, actually. Um, would you care to guess which animal in the animal kingdom is most violent towards its own species? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from us. And this obviously. sounds clickbaity. The answer will shock you. Oh. <laughs> Is it oh, chimpanzees? My. It's not chimpanzees, although okay. they will fuck one another up. They will, yeah. It's something that we wouldn't expect. Is mm-hmm. it um, gerbils? Close. Meerkats, mate. 
Meerkats? Yep, the world's most violent animal to its own kind. Uh, nearly one in five of all meerkats are killed by other meerkats. Jesus. Yep. That's like 20%? A lot of, lot of fucking... <laughs> That's a lot of fucking meerkats. Interspecies meerkat, meerkat murder. murder. What yeah. the fuck's going on with Timon? Right? Exactly. I have been misled. Yeah, he's all Hakuna Matata one minute, and then when your back's turned... That's why he hangs out with a warthog. He's murdering motherfuckers. Yes. Um, The other four meerkats were uh, smelling blood, and he was out. Yeah, they got you, you know, they got you thinking the the hyenas are the bad guys, whereas... My gosh. So why do they... What do they do? Why do they do it? Well, meerkats. Yeah. Oh, like, I didn't go that just... deep into it, mate. I'm talking about human torture here. But <laughs> are meerkats, they like, the okay, stats, like the are they stabbing each other? Stuff. What are meerkats I, doing? Uh, they're, they're very tribal. Oh, okay. Uh, so so they will fight for mates and food and whatnot. Uh, uh... But yeah, one in five of all meerkats get killed by other meerkats. Okay, fair mm. enough. Well, what about us, Mark? So what, what was happening in Babylonian times or whatever you say. So the Sumerians and the Babylonians in much the same way as as you would hear kind of um, witches being dunked in rivers and whatnot. That was the kind of level that they were operating on. Um, But there are just every uh, every country where torture is prevalent seem to have their own kind of flavours, you know, their own little regional uh, spins. Little flair. Their own own little things that they do. Cute little tortures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Come with me to Morocco, if you will, where... Okay. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm talking about institutional torture here. I'm talking about, right. uh, quote-unquote, legal torture um, okay. in cells, in prisons, behind closed doors. In Morocco, for example, Morocco, if you were uh, arrested in Morocco, you might find yourself undergoing a form of torture called roast chicken, uh, where oh, you would be suspended upside down in a stress position with your... Uh, knees and ankles bound uh, and hung from a fucking pole until your joints give way. Um, but they're not, they don't roast it. You're just in the position. Of oh, no, a... you aren't roasted. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not that this is great. No. As someone whose joints don't work, it would take very long for me to just. Oh, be my like, God. Yeah. <laughs> I would be so dislocated within like Yikes. 30 seconds. You it really would. would. Um, but I mean, this is just one of the reasons why torture is a fucking shitty form of of eliciting information from somebody you know you would say anything yeah anything at all to make that stop mm. um uh nigerian police uh by all accounts practice a form of torture called uh tabe which is again stress bindings hanging people up from mm-hmm. uh, walls with with elbows and uh and knees bound um a lot of beatings in uzbekistan the the even in even in developed countries, right? Legal and state practice torture is rife, which is which is oh, absolutely yes. insane. I, we, I we, many, we do it here. Yeah. Do you want to hear about some of those, for example, here in the United States? What even in even currently, even today, currently yes. in present day mm-hmm. America, we have a ton of torture mm-hmm. um, in our prison system which is terrible on so many different levels um and in fact a historian by the name of h bruce franklin wrote an essay entitled the american prison and the normalization of torture 
in which he unpacks how central to American society and culture prisons are and why Americans somehow were shocked, shocked at the Abu Ghraib photos that you might remember mm-hmm. um, of the, yeah, that's yeah. exact, the pointing yeah. at the, the prisoners they were torturing, all that stuff. Um, but we don't seem at all concerned about the torture happening in our own prisons every single day. Mm-hmm. And so for one, he points out, like, between uh, 1976 and 2000, the United States built on average a new prison each week. Jesus fucking Christ. Each week. What was the period for... you mentioned? What's that? What was that time period you mentioned? 76 to 2000. A new prison every week for, every like, six years. week. Six years for 50. 25 years, 24 years. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, And the number of imprisoned Americans increased tenfold. If you've seen the documentary 13th, you have uh, seen this, how this number just increases, 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 especially as prisons are privatized. Mm. Um, But then he also points out there's a shift in how we get our information about prisons and how that's happening. But what's happening behind those walls has been intentionally hidden from us for the past 50 years or so. Mm. So he said in uh, the true nature and functions of the American prison started to become known through the tremendous surge of prison literature in the late 60s and early 70s. Uh, The river of prison literature poured into pop in public culture in books, songs, journals and movies, and it dramatically influenced the political movement of that period. Mm. But in response came a massive suppression. Most states enacted laws making it illegal for convict authors to receive money from their writing. Creative writing courses in prisons were defunded. Almost every literary journal devoted to publishing poetry and stories by prisoners was wiped out. And federal regulations were drafted explicitly to ensure that prisoners with anti-establishment views would not have access to the media. Mm -hmm. So if you were a prisoner who was against prison... The government said you're not allowed to have access to any way for anyone to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Which so, surely in and of itself is torturous. Exactly. 100%. To not have any means of sort of talking, speaking for yourself or anything mm. like that. Um, so he says the silencing of prisoners was a precondition for the next stage of the American prison. Uh, launched simultaneously was the unprecedented and frenzied building of more prisons soon filled and overfilled with the help of harsh mandatory sentences Mm. like three strikes laws, the war on drugs, Mm. the war on terror, Mm. etc. And just as a note, the UN calls solitary confinement in and of itself torture. Uh, And inmates refer to it as living death or being buried alive. Um, And Solitary confinement is used a lot here. So just on its face, mm-hmm. torture is everywhere in America yeah. because solitary confinement is a very popular thing um, here. Uh, and it's not just used for the worst prisoners. It can be used for as a punishment at the whims of prison guards or for any mm-hmm. number of things. Uh, so Quakers here actually have like an uh, organization that like publishes... Um, like sort of a justice organization that publishes quotes from people in prisons um, to show like what is going on in them. Do you have Quakers there, Mark? Uh, I I know of them. I don't know how big the movement is here, but Quakers exist over here, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge movement here either. But anyways, Quakers of all Christians are cool. Um, and so here's just like 
a few of the things that uh, they published in um, one of their reports. And actually, there's some things in here from other reports, too. Um, but for example, one inmate from Mount Olive Correctional Complex in West Virginia said, I witnessed two inmates being sprayed with chemical agents, both mentally ill, in solitary confinement after their water supplies were shut off for requesting to speak with medical. One did try to commit suicide the next day by cutting his wrists. Guards shut off the entire pod's water supply, and when I questioned why this was, I was sprayed with chemical weapons and left in that state for 40 to 50 minutes with only toilet water left in the bowl to help wash my face and body. As I remained in pain and pleaded for help, guards threatened to shoot me with a 37mm riot control gun. I was securely locked inside a single-man cell the whole time, too, as I was sprayed. I sustained first-degree chemical burns from the amount of spray and the length of time it covered my body. Um, another one here um, from... This is from Grady, Arkansas. Uh, in January 2014, without being seen by any medical person, uh, Griswold discontinued my propranolol 20 milligrams milligrams mm. uh, at the time the unit did not have an actual doctor assigned to it according to a physician's desk reference a beta blocker such as propranolol must not be stopped suddenly as it can have severe medical complications like a heart attack uh, in February and March of 2014, an inmate laid in the infirm infirmary complaining of severe pains on his right side. They did not send him out to a hospital, but let him lay in the infirmary. There he died of appendicitis. In April, Eugene Lilly went to the infirmary complaining of chest pains. They gave him aspirin and sent him to his barracks. He went to his barracks, laid down for a nap, and died. Uh, in May of 2014, inmate Riddling fell out in the exercise yard. Infirmary staff finally responded how it was inmates who brought him back from his heart attack. He was taken to the infir infirmary there where he died. Uh, in Amarillo, Texas. First off, I'm in segregation lockdown 23 hours a day. Jesus. The officials here commonly use chemical agents on inmates with documented asthma, then leave you in your cell naked. No property at all, no blankets, sheets, or mattresses for 24 hours, and no shower or soap to wash off the tear gas or pepper spray. Just last summer in 2013, an inmate named Wolverton, I think, here uh, died of chemical agents. He was left on his cell floor, covered in feces. He had a colostomy bag, and he was found dead the next day after several counts. Fuck. And these counts are where they come every one to two hours around the clock. So uh, they would have seen him, and they just left him there. Uh, a lot of these have to do with the lights being kept on 24 hours, yeah. um, leading to, you know, basically migraine inability to sleep and thus going crazy as a result of that um a lot of these are about people who um their food is withheld from them mm -hmm. um or like one of them was that on thanksgiving they put the special thanksgiving meal out on trays in front of all of the the prisoners cells but they never actually gave them them so that they had to look at and smell the food all night long without Jesus actually getting to Christ. eat any of it. Um, this one sounds straight out of Abu Ghraib. Uh, as the prisoners stand motionless next to each other uh, and cover themselves with plastic bags to protect themselves from chemical weapons, the riot squad bursts in, spraying torrents of mace and freely swinging their batons. The inmates offer no resistance. They later sport black eyes and broken jaws. One disappears for months after being dragged by his shackles down the stairs and across the floor, bleeding and screaming. Um... There are prisoners who are locked in their cells who are choking from the gas. Um, there's uh, waterboarding that happens um, in here. Mm. Uh, and 
One um, one that I sent to Mark earlier um, involved a man who the guards literally ripped his face off and then they taunted him, uh, spraying him with uh, chemical weapons until he uh, couldn't take it anymore and he killed himself. Mm. These things go for ever in these reports. Like on and on and on. And these are from all over the country. This is not one area where this is happening. This is happening all over the United States every single day. Stuff that is defined by every world organization yep. as definitionally torture. You Well, you say that. I mean, you've described there a couple of methods which fall uh, under... Uh, I mean, the, the, the most recent... <sighs> the most recent uh, use in Britain of some of those techniques was in the 70s, right? There was a massive um, military operation in Northern Ireland to mm. yeah. uh, arrest and kind of imprison those suspected of working with the IRA. And military were trained during that time, so very early 70s, 1970, 1971, in uh, what were known as the five techniques, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these being stress positions, so stood against a wall until your thighs and knees fail essentially mm-hmm. uh, hooding so sensory deprivation prolonged time in a hood um, noise and sleep deprivation so noise and sleep deprivation torture just blasting yeah, noise, noise is a big you. one in, in these as well mm-hmm. yeah and as you've said there deprivation of food and drink um, which by any measure you know the measure that we established at, right at the top here inflicting physical and psychological pain specifically to elicit a response that's fuck that's torture that, but yet yeah. i mean and then you think of too like when people sort of tried to protest that like bobby sands and, and, yeah. and that group of hunger strikers mm. that you know when they then tried to deny food what did they do they force fed them right? yeah. they put tubes into them to keep them alive despite the torment that they were putting them through that was recently in happened in guantanamo bay too there were yeah hunger strikes and they ended up force feeding them yeah right it's like you'll deprive them of food until Mm. they're like then i won't eat and then you force food into them (sighs) it's horrifying yeah It, it is it is of course it is of course it is um to the point where you know that word horrifying in its truest sense i mean i know i've alluded to the toolbox murderers on jack of all graves mm-hmm. before uh yes. but you know it, it it certainly bears repeating i mean so many sources claim i mean for those who don't know the toolbox murders so we mm-hmm. are going to june 1979 right so for a good kind of six months during 1979 uh two guys a guy called lawrence bittiger and roy norris kitted out a van right kitted out their own van with a torture kit um and just like their their moniker implies we're talking pliers and you know uh, heavy kind of implements that they would carry around in a van kidnapping and torturing uh teenagers teenage girls but the last one of their killings they recorded right they they taped they fucking taped a prolonged and vile attack on a girl by the name of lynette ledford um and there is a transcript of this tape the tape itself isn't out there thank fuck because i would have listened to it and i don't want to have done that yeah thankfully you didn't have to subject yourself to that um 
But they're, they're just just the, a, a cursory glance through the transcript, it is one of the most horrific things. Uh, you know, it, it ends with her just literally begging for him to kill her, just do it, strangle me. And lots of sources on the web claim... It, it was in Mindhunter, by the way. The, the, you, yeah. we, we see uh, the, the dude listening to the tape in Mindhunter. And so many people claim that it's used in Quantico as a desensitization exercise mm. that mm-hmm. uh, recruits FBI trainees are used to, do, to, to become desensitized to the realities of murder, to the realities of torture. Um, right. Absolutely fucked up. Yeah. It's a terrible mm. thing in and of itself, you know, uh, I think you had said you saw some of these like cartel videos and stuff right. like that as well. <laughs> I mean, and that, that was used that was used in Nexium um, to sort of like I don't know break the the women Jesus. and like get them in this weird spot. I guess no, I don't know what them. Nexium is. The sex oh. cult. The sex okay. cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that Go Chloe on. from Smallville was uh, a high. Ah, uh, right, in, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. And they, they, uh, Keith Ranieri, who ran it, has just been sentenced to jail for the rest of his life. Good. Um, and, uh, but yeah, one of the weird, like, brainwashy techniques or whatever they, they did was without telling them, taking these women into this room and having them watch, like, cartel murder and dismember a woman. See, because up to now, we've spoken almost exclusively about state sanctioned torture, about. Right. You know, under the counter kind of ah, it goes on, but let's not talk about it, lads. Kind of torture. Right. When even that level of control is taken off, it's astounding what people are fucking capable of doing. The absolute depths, the depths, like unimaginable depths of infliction of suffering. Yeah. I mean. Everything, the, the, I mean, in terms of the figures I'm going to quote here, right, this is all from Amnesty. N- there's no judgment on my part here at all. But if we look at Mexican law enforcement, right, uh, firstly, uh, one of their favourite methods of torture, if we're going on a little torture tour of the world, is uh, forcing carbonated water into the nose. The, the fucking flat out, just pump you full of fizzy water. But... um. Torture in Mexico in, in law enforcement is rising, 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 completely out of control. Between uh, 2003 and 2013, right, torture, incidences of reported torture in Mexican police rose by 600%, right? Wow. Wow. It and everyone then, knows it's never been great. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that is a huge It then doubled the year after, just oh. in the space of one year. My um, God. Two and a half thousand torture complaints in 2014. Incredible. But in terms of convictions, right? Federal convictions for torture in the space of 23 years? Seven. Wow. Oh. No fucker is answering That's amazing. For it. They mm. know it's happening, obviously, if you can count the incidences of it, but... Mm. Yeah, yeah. Really I mean, I say that like, I mean, obviously that's happening here too. Nobody's getting... Yeah, nobody. Yeah, nobody's going to jail for <laughs> any of this. Yeah. They sometimes get fined or, you know, maybe fired, but that's about it. But, uh, but what it leads me to wonder is, is it, it's obviously an escalation because then you see what the fucking cartels are doing. Mm-hmm. Is it an attempt to match the level of brutality coming from cartel mm. violence? To, perform, to provide some kind of deterrent, I don't know, because I have no clue how you effectively 
put legal, conventional, quote-unquote, kind of law in place, which would deter a group of people prepared to do the shit that is happening in Mexican drug conflicts. Yeah. Right. I think that's the... I mean, if you look at any sort of science on this stuff, like research, psychological stuff about this, like we know torture does not work. Mm-hmm. Um, no. As you've said several times, like people will say anything, uh, admit to anything, whatever, just to make the pain stop. Um, yeah. Yep. And so, you know, it's good if you're if you don't care and you're just trying to scapegoat someone or whatever, but that's about it Mm. and when it comes to that like you know yeah are they trying to is this supposed to be a deterrent for the cartels because the cartels don't care but also like we know that there's plenty of you know in cahootsness between cartels and uh police yeah and and the cartels uh, are definitely in the police so right (laughs) exactly yeah you know they the escalation could be just a way of Painting the police is no worse uh-huh. than the cart, or as uh-huh. bad as the as cartel. bad as you yeah. know. So you, there's no one who can protect you. Yeah. Um. No matter where you are, they're in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, How fucking which, dark is that as a thought? Extremely. Yeah, it's extremely dark. And I just always remember, like every time we would go to Mexico, you know, you would always have like we'd always have like lots of like cash and stuff like that with us that like if someone decides they'll to pull you over because your blinker is broken or something which it's not but they'll pretend it is you know make sure you have money to bribe them because you don't want to get stuck yeah in those jails so it's you know they're the corruption level is known and the cartels are taking advantage of that I think what you you said the other day Mark was like the like decriminalization is the way to make this well, stop yeah. <laughs> kind of. They, they've uh, interlaced themselves into legit businesses now. They've well, uh, yeah. taken over people's farms through the it's same means. So, like, yeah, crime. they're 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 taking over <laughs> large portions. So yeah. that even if you it's, even if you we're legalize too late drugs, for they're still in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fucking hell. Yeah, but the it really is the dehumanization that is required for torture of any kind that's the that is mm-hmm. exactly is. it it's dehumanization it's failing to place any value at all on the life that 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 you are i have to say very creatively uh ending i mean it's 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 almost artistry you know what i mean the the mm-hmm. the fucking thought and time and effort and clinical way um, that a cartel, uh, uh, you know, member will kill. We're talking flayings, flayings. Just like the worst. Absolutely the worst. The worst. And, uh, you know, I, I was all set up to go into this in detail, but I don't think I will because it's fucking horrible. Um, mm. Bottom line, right? Ain't no animal doing this shit except us. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The most ruthless killer of an animal could never dream yeah. of doing what humans do to each other. And that is, I mean, it's so much about, like, it's obviously a socialization thing. And that's mm. the thing. is like, because we're animals like everybody else, but we socialize ourselves and we do it in such a way that this makes sense. And that people aren't, like, bothered to. Like, yeah, we all know cartels are bad. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that... Yeah, that's, I think, 
most people would condemn it and be like, oh, what terrible things they're doing, as opposed to the state sanctioned stuff that we were talking about, where people tend to look at it like even if they hear that this stuff is happening, they're like, that's sad, but they shouldn't have committed a crime. Exactly. Ah, it was bad people. Ah. Yeah. If you, if you, if you, if, be surprised yeah. how easy it is to get people to go along with torture. And let me just tell you a little sure. story real oh, quick about Sylvia Likens. Mm. Uh, oh, Sylvia Likens was a, a 16-year-old girl. Her parents were carnival workers, and they left uh, her and her sister to live with a woman named Gertrude Banaszewski. And Gertrude Banaszewski didn't receive payment for them staying there after one week and so decided to take it out on the girls, particularly on Sylvia, uh, the older daughter, who um, she began paddling, uh, beating regularly. Uh, She eventually started accusing her of being a prostitute and uh, started having her perform sex acts on herself in front of her and neighborhood kids. Oh my god. Oh uh, god. Having neighborhood kids beat her for her Jesus Christ. Um, just regularly tying her up and having people, kids, pay to come in and do whatever they want to her. What the fuck? Yeah, so this happened from July of 1965 to October of 1965. Until eventually, eventually Sylvia Likens died from uh, massive dehydration, uh, some dermal hematoma, <laughs> what, mm. wait, but brain brain bruise right. thing, yes. hurt brain, uh, but also <laughs> right. just cuts all over her body, massive injuries to her genitalia. That was like really what Gertrude wanted people to focus on. She was very right. yeah very focused on the idea that Sylvia was a prostitute and that she was out having sex with boys and therefore she deserved this punishment. Right, and of course. got all of these teenage kids to go along oh with it gosh. and be part of it. And they felt as though they were doing the right thing, obviously, because an adult figure was telling them this was yep. good. Yeah, she deserves this. She has done something very wrong mm-hmm. and you need to teach her a lesson yeah i i've barely gone into because seriously go read that story if you want to have trouble sleeping for the rest of your <laughs> life but uh, it's it's really bad there's a movie with uh elliot page starring as sylvia likens called uh an american murder or something like that oh, hard yeah. watch uh katherine keener plays gertrude benazuski and it's i think ooh, i started that and didn't finish it it's rough yeah it's rough yeah that's, I mean, and you're right. That is one of the the things to realize is like how easily people can be swayed mm-hmm. uh-huh. into this stuff. You want to think like only the worst of the worst, or only the most brainwashed, the most desensitized. Yeah. And yet, like when an authority figure yep. tells you to do something, mm-hmm. like you're like, oh, okay. Was it Stanford? I, is it, I guess is it Stanford. The name of the prison experiment. That yeah, the yeah the Milgram uh, prison experiment. Yeah, yes. I think it's called. Yeah. Right. I think, wasn't that, like, disproved or something like that, though? Like, I think yeah. that's a discredited... It was discredited okay. because he, he uh, basically encouraged them right. to start yeah. so, becoming more and more authoritative and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it wasn't organic. It yeah. was like him. But, I mean, it is this, that is exactly it, though. But like, there was also a study done that does kind of prove that uh, people will just go along with authority, where they had some... Uh, they had a video of a person 
basically hooked up to electroshock. A pain dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah, they yeah. would tell the people to shock them again and again and again, yeah. and the person would eventually pretend to be dead. Right. Uh, and, like, they, they were just surprised at how many people went along. With, would just oh, go okay. all the way through. I was told to, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. It's like, you know, I... I don't, well, also, <laughs> I've mentioned before, I'm not, like, a big fan of authorities, so I'm like, I can't see myself no. doing this, but you always, like, wonder, you know, it's like, I hope no one would ever put me in that position, but, like, am I as strong-minded as I think I am about this? Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't, but, still, like, yeah. well, and you can, even on smaller levels, like, with bullying and things like that, yeah. you know, that kids will, and teenagers and adults even can be bullies, and people will just kind of mob roll mob with mentality. It. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, get I mean I, on their level even. Going off on a little bit of a tangent, but the scenes in London over the past week or so after the mm. the uh, European Cup final that's that's mob mentality. No, I right. I believe that no one of those people individually. Right. Would fucking would walk around, like smash up a shop, stick a flare right. up their asshole. I don't think anybody would do that in right. you know in, in their own home. But when fucking millions of people are doing it around you, yeah. you feel safe, you feel seen, you know, you feel part of the group. Uh, yeah. We're mm. social animals and we do this weird it, shit yeah. because Thinking of that. And that Thinking even with the solitary confinement stuff, like, you know, the there was a couple of prisoners who were talking about, like, just that you realize the idea of humans as social animals is so real because mm. after a while, like, being alone they start to like just like call out to anyone hoping like anything any sound will come back that's like a human voice you know just you're so desperate for any kind of contact with another person and and it's the things that we will do in order to maintain our in-group membership and things like that can be really disturbing i mean those abu Ghraib pictures Mm -hmm. you know i feel it's the the same thing i mean maybe one or two of those people would have on their own because we have plenty of sadists in the military but in general i think a lot of the people who do this stuff they wouldn't have done it but when it's a group thing all of a sudden Mm. they're super on board which doesn't absolve them in any way that's terrible but it's like it's mob mentality it's this in-group thinking and suddenly torture is a-okay just yeah. fine it's fun let's thumbs up Ugh. next to it so that's fun it's uh... a fun little <laughs> subject abolish prisons yeah stop yeah. do whatever we need to do to stop people that is the solution i mean here we we need yes, to here. abolish prisons we need to we need to find new and better ways of dealing with uh, I mean, because, you know, we talked about the Nexium guy. I agree. He doesn't need to be out in society. Uh, right. I yeah. don't not saying release him and let him start tortured. I don't want him to be in solitary. I want yeah. someone talking to him, trying to help him understand, trying to help him gain some sort of empathy. But yeah, prisons, uh, prison is torture in itself. Like, yeah. even, even if all you're doing is, is taking people and, and saying you have to stay in this cage. Like, I, I can't imagine how the human mind can ever come out of that normal. Mm. And right. and the idea is for them to come back, right? Like, yeah, we don't... Exactly. Every crime is not life in prison. Exactly. There's plenty of things that are just 
short periods of time. And yet, you know, my brother, after his most recent stint, and I think he's back in jail again, Mm -hmm. and he, you know, he had gone in and he was kind of like, I don't want to say optimistic, but was just kind of like, all right, you know, I got to do this, whatever, when he went in, Mm -hmm. came back out. And this is a guy who's been in jail many times throughout his life, but he came back out and he, when he found out he needed to go back to jail again, he was like, you know, fuck this. I'm not going in there. The nice guy anymore. Like <sighs> I'm done with this. I'm like, they're going to get a whole different guy this time around, mm. you know? So even someone who's like a seasoned jail yeah. veteran, yeah, yeah. like eventually that shit breaks you. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> there's I, that's what it's meant to do. To just think of the, People sitting in prison, uh, either for non-violent drug offenses or things like mm-hmm. that, or, I mean, people just always forget there are innocent people in jail. Yes, innocent people who are being tortured, like put right. into solitary uh-huh. confinement, being you yeah. know treated as though uh, they're the worst of of humankind, and they've done nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And as nothing. long as that is a thing. For any one prisoner, yeah, the whole system needs you to You have to fix it, because yeah. I, I can't imagine that. Like, I can't imagine it happening, and you know that you've done something wrong. You know right. that maybe even you've committed an atrocity. Right. But to be sitting there going, I didn't do shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I yeah. was just Completely. picked up, and this was pinned on me, and every day of my life is torture now. And there's nothing for me to learn except that humanity is depraved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're going to come out great after that. Yes. Like, yeah. You've just created something. You've made some, a good person bad. Right. Or and, at best traumatized. Yeah. And, the, you know, another layer of the terror there is that it's arbitrary. You know, anyone mm-hmm. can be mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. At any yeah. fucking point. You know, it's, it's, hey, to link it to... The Cameroonian fucking earth fart village. Nobody knew that was going to happen. It was just one no. way that, that, that life is waiting to fuck you up. Right. The system yep. that, that we've developed is once again lurking around every fucking corner waiting to fuck mm-hmm. you up. Mm-hmm. That's exactly frightening. That. Mm. So hope that uh, gives you something to think about at home. Honestly, I think that is a very good parting shot to think about this as a thing that can happen to anyone. Yeah. You know, because it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, no matter what level of protection you think you have from it, whatever level of privilege. Yes, some people are more uh, likely to get falsely accused of things and whatnot. Yeah. But at the end of the day... You're one misidentification away from being in the wrong place at the wrong time, getting picked up for something you didn't do and spending years to the rest of your life tortured for it. And Mm. when we just allow people to sit in jail and experience this because we think they deserve it, you know, we have to be aware that that's that's not it's not true on its face. And it's definitely not necessarily true because there are plenty of people in there who didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So have some empathy, you fucks. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Spoke, he almost took the words right out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Enjoy your fucking day, yeah? Right. <laughs> so if you're still here, friends, after that oh, long, yeah. depressing well episode. Done. Congratulations <laughs> for fucking making it through Thanks that. Pat yourself on the back. Woo. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for, for joining us. Loved this it. has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, dead and lovely.com. 
no, we don't have that. Um, you don't have a dot com. I was like, you don't ever com. say that actually. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> Dead at Lovely, Dead Pod. Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we got a link tree. Uh, link Dead tree. And Lovely. So yeah, uh, just just check ch- check us out, and uh, yeah, we we release the episodes on Wednesdays. So yeah, good check little midweek. Pod. Pick me up. You can listen to Joe Ag on Monday, Dead and Lovely Wednesday. You got a, a great little, week. Um, last podcast Friday or True Crime Campfire Friday. There you something go. Like that. And you are like really, your workouts are going to be <laughs> And then maybe some like good. cartoons in between. Maybe yeah, some cartoons. something to lighten a, it up a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so um, thanks for joining us. And for us, obviously, we have a link tree too. Linktr.ee <laughs> slash Jack of All Graves. Um, and we're on all the social media things. And hey, take a moment to drop us some stars in that Apple podcast store or whatever the fuck you call it. I recommend uh, five. Nice. Five of, five. five of those stars. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Five whole stars. <laughs> uh, and until next time, stay spooky, friends. Bye, all. Bye.